0: Hey friends, Linda here. Thanks for tuning into Calling Water, the podcast where we look at a passage of scripture and ask ourselves both what it means and what it calls us to do about it. In today's episode, A Harvest of Righteousness, we're continuing our series on wisdom from James chapter 3 and how wisdom that comes from above is radically different from and far superior to conventional wisdom. Let's get started. Have you noticed that human beings love conflict? Like we love it. We like to create it. We like to complicate it. We like to get more people involved in it. We like to brag about it even. We rarely talk about how we were kind and diplomatic towards other people But we adore telling the tales of how you once sent a meal back to the kitchen at a restaurant because it wasn't cooked to your specifications, or the time you gave that customer service rep a piece of your mind because they were being incompetent. Or true story, once when I was in college, I got rear-ended by an RV on the freeway and I screamed hysterically at the nice elderly man who was traveling with his family to help his daughter move into her dorm upstate. Yeah, it was super classy. But we habitually tell these stories because in each of these conflict scenarios, we somehow feel like we won. We made the other person feel small and inadequate and ashamed. Except... That doesn't really sound like winning if you really think about it. Moreover, no matter how shrewd and clever we thought we were by winning the argument, it doesn't in fact make us wise. So why are we so proud of when we are awful? Why do we love conflict? Why do we crave drama? Last time in James chapter 3, we talked about the value of choosing our words carefully and taming the tongue. And today we're going to continue on in the same chapter to find that, yes, we need to say the right things, but now we must also do the right things. And those kinds of wise choices are almost always countercultural to what we think makes for wise dealings. The book of James is A great source to learn about wisdom that comes from God. Where the wisdom book, the Proverbs of Solomon, is more like a collection of wise sayings and observations, James writes from experiencing life alongside his teacher and half-brother, Jesus, who exemplified heavenly wisdom with every fiber of his humanity and his divinity so the sage advice he gives in this book is not just some arbitrary moral code it comes from having seen jesus live it out this way for example james chapter 3 verse 13 says outright what kind of person we can categorically consider as wise in god's eyes who is wise and understanding among you let them show it by their good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. A wise person doesn't just have all the right words and teaching. Their life, their deeds will speak for themselves. I especially love that James says deeds done in humility. So in conjunction with the right actions, it must also come out of the right motives. And this is made even more clear because in the following verse, verse 14, he says this, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Now, this seems like a non sequitur because what do envy and selfishness have to do with wisdom? Absolutely nothing if we're talking about godly wisdom. And that is wisdom God gives us. But a wise person in the eyes of the world looks very different. Society celebrates tech billionaires, innovators, philanthropists, and other outrageously successful people. We read their biographies to learn how they did it. We try to emulate their habits, certain that following them is the road to success. And surely that is wisdom. But the Bible tells us otherwise. And I'm not saying that these people are unwise. At the very least, these figures are incredibly intelligent and resourceful. But I'm trying to get at the fact that when we follow conventional wisdom and its teaching, then everything we seek to do is going to be fueled by bitter envy and selfish ambition, like the text tells us. And unlike what we might feel compelled to do, the Bible tells us to neither boast about it nor deny the truth. Don't be proud that you were awful to someone to get what you wanted, or don't deny the fact that that's exactly what you did. Just cut that impulse out of your life completely. In fact, verses 15 and 16 tell us, Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Earthly, unspiritual, demonic. These are some heavy words, but each of these words is a direct antonym of godly. So when our actions are driven by the wrong kind of intent, even if it's a nice thing you might be doing, instead of exercising God's wisdom, you might be promoting, as James says, disorder and every evil practice. I mean, you all know probably from personal experience that just because someone does something good, that doesn't automatically make them a good person. And when the heart is not in the right place, Even a good deed could sour and set off devastating repercussions. And for all humans, selfishness is a natural reflex. But selfishness rarely keeps us safe or gets us what we really need or makes our lives even the tiniest bit better. Instead, what selfishness does is it leads to fighting and damaged relationships with others, and also with God. So in order to be wise in the way God wants us to be, the way Christ showed us to be, we have to stop thinking that wisdom is an attribute to help ourselves. Think back to our series on Solomon. God was pleased with Solomon's request for wisdom because he wanted a wise and discerning heart, not for himself, not for bragging rights, but to better govern his people. He wanted wisdom so he could use it for others. And that is wisdom that is true. Verses 17 and 18 further describe the real wisdom like this. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Now let's talk about each of these words one by one. We've established that true wisdom is not self-centered. It's not for personal gain. So first of all, the wisdom that comes from heaven is pure. This is to say that real wisdom that comes from God is not tainted by Any other things the world teaches us. It's purely formed from the Word of God. Next, we have peace loving. And don't dismiss this as hippie nonsense just yet. Peace loving is much more than being a pacifist, it's about wanting peace as a default. Instead of craving drama or instigating some kind of argument, True wisdom from God seeks out peace. Because verse 18 says the word peacemakers. And elsewhere in the Bible, Jesus himself says, Blessed are the peacemakers, in Matthew chapter 5, to be precise. Peacemaker implies that peace isn't something that just happens spontaneously, it has to be actively made. And that also means that non peace, is normal. Fighting and conflict are facts of life. And after all, you can't make peace when you already have peace. So while we can't avoid conflict and disagreements, we can resolve them peacefully. Moreover, we should want to resolve them peacefully. Then we have this word considerate, which means that Wisdom also cares about the other party's feelings. We don't just drop truth bombs because honesty is the best policy. And yes, honesty is the best policy when a policy is needed. But sometimes what is needed more is for people to be considerate. For people to pause and take a moment to think about how your words are going to impact another person. If sharing this knowledge, this bit of wisdom, will build them up or if it will tear them down. And true wisdom is also said to be submissive. Now, this doesn't mean that we become doormats and let people walk all over us. But it means to have the willingness to listen to what someone else has to say. Be curious about other people's stories learn from each other instead of presuming you have all the answers even if you think you know better than the person you're talking to first listen figure out why they think the way they do invite them to share their views rather than rather than getting defensive about your own and when we have that sort of submissive posture the holy spirit has more to work with and will most likely teach us something new Next, we have full of mercy and good fruit. Now, full of mercy and good fruit seem like two separate ideas, but they are linked together and for good reason too. To be merciful means to be quick to forgive because harboring a grudge ultimately only affects you. The person you are freezing out or have placed on your personal blacklist, they probably don't even know that you're upset with them. But that anger inside of you will well up and cultivate bitterness and more unhealthy things. But once you show mercy, once you forgive, once you let go, then that gives you space to let better things grow inside of you. Instead of anger and hate, you can have an abundance of good fruit like love, joy, peace, and the rest of the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. God's wisdom is also impartial, which we talked about in a previous episode about favoritism. And we should want to treat everyone fairly as equally loved and valued elements of God's creative design and not influenced by our own bigotry and uninformed opinions. And lastly, the wisdom that comes from heaven is sincere. And not to sound like a Dr. Seuss book, but we have to mean what we say and we have to say what we mean. And also, we have to do the things that we say and mean. Now, I know this seems like a lot to digest. Being wise in God's eyes doesn't seem like it's an easy task. So, Why should we even pursue it? Do we even need this kind of wisdom? 100%. Because what happens when we exercise God's wisdom? When we sow peace rather than conflict, when we do things God's way rather than our own way, we will reap a harvest of righteousness, James chapter 3 says. Using the wisdom God gives us to nourish our community and make peace at every turn God calls that righteousness. God's wisdom leads to righteousness. So in light of what James chapter 3 tells us to do, what might we be called to do? First of all, I want to challenge us to be okay with not winning. We live in a world where strength and dominance are applauded, but if we learned anything from Jesus at all, That is not the way God operates. Jesus didn't come to earth by a show of force. He came as a humble and helpless infant for starters. Jesus never felt like he needed to prove himself. So many people asked him for a sign to show that he really was who he said he was. And so many people tried to trip him up by asking him all sorts of questions, ranging from ethical dilemmas to nuances in religious law. But Jesus didn't have to prove to anyone anything. He never tried to be the smartest person in the room. He didn't have to win every argument to demonstrate he did have wisdom from on high. With every word and action, he showed that he really was the son of God. The next time you find yourself in a place where you feel like you just have to have the last say, and you just have to throw the last punch, Ask yourself why you so desperately want to win that argument. And if it is because of bitter envy or selfish ambition or any of their distant cousins, allow yourself to let it go. Jesus himself didn't win over people by winning arguments. He won people over by his relentless show of love. So instead of trying to win, make peace. Use words that help heal rather than hurt people. Reach out to people rather than push them away. And support people rather than judge them. And on that note, secondly, I want to challenge us to choose to do good and choose to do it for selfless reasons. Matthew chapter 12 tells of a time when Jesus and his disciples were going through some grain fields and they were hungry, so they picked some grain and they ate them. The problem was that it was the Sabbath, and it was unlawful to do manual labor like that on the Sabbath. And seeing that Jesus had no problem with what his disciples did, some of the Pharisees pointed out a man with a shriveled hand in the temple and asked if Jesus would go against the law and do work by healing this man's hand. I mean, they were at this point just grasping at straws, trying to find something to convict Jesus with. But Jesus asked them in return, if they had a sheep that fell into a ravine on the Sabbath, would they just leave it there? No, they would go against what is technically lawful and pull the sheep out. Then he says, therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath and then heals the man's hand. A part of having heavenly wisdom is knowing what God says. And yes, that means investing in reading and listening to scripture. But just having that head knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to convert that knowledge into the right course of action. So what I'm trying to say is, know God's word, but also know what it means. Rid yourself of the temptation to only listen to the parts of the Bible that are convenient for you or whatever point you're trying to make. Because the words in the Bible are written by human hands, but what it teaches us is inspired by God. And God would much rather see us do good, even if it seems like we are contradicting some kind of law. And yeah, the Bible calls out various things as sin and displeasing to God. There are things that as a child of God, we should avoid or call out. But the foundation of all of these is love. And knowing that And acting accordingly is what makes us truly wise in the eyes of God. And with that wisdom, we can make peace with others. We can do good for others and in turn, reap a harvest of righteousness. Let's pray. God, to be wise in the eyes of this world means simply to get ahead at all costs To collect as much information as possible and to let others know how much we know. But not with you, God. Your wisdom is thoroughly backwards, or at least it seems that way, but this is the way you have taught us and shown us to live. Help us to want wisdom that is pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, And sincere. Teach us that it's okay to walk away from conflict and that there is nothing to be gained by puffing ourselves up. Rather, in humility, remind us to listen for you, Holy Spirit, to give us the words to speak and the actions to follow. In Jesus name, Amen.